It is Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And tonight we're going to review AEW Dynamite from Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. Yep. You remember the dates. I never do. Not you once. remember the year. I'll remember the date. The year is enough for me. Okay. That's all my little brain can hold. <laughs> all right, let's get right into it. First match? First match. We open up with the champion, Kenny Omega. Versus Matt Seidel and um This is for a shot at the belt. Which is kinda interesting because okay, so Tony Khan booked this match on elevation, right? Yeah, what happened on elevation is Matt has a tag team match with his brother and goes backstage and Kenny tells him if he beats Michael Nakazawa, he'll give him a shot at the belt. And he has to wrestle the same day he just had the match. So he he wrestles Nakazawa, he wins and Kenny says, ha ha, fuck you. Tony Khan comes out and says, nah, guess what? You're doing it. If he beats you on Dynamite, he gets a shot at the belt. Why wouldn't this have been for the title anyway? Because he beat Nakazawa. So Tony Khan really should have been like, all right, he's getting that shot on Dynamite on Wednesday. Yeah, why is it? Why is it he's got to win again, and this time he's got to beat the champion first? I don't know, maybe because he's not in the rankings or something? I mean, that's, that's just me trying to justify it. I don't know. Yeah, but it's a little odd. Yeah, it's a little odd. But anyway. So, they have this match, and I would uh, call this match a banger. It was. It was a great match. I really loved it. And also, we have Don Callis on commentary, and I love... I find Don Callis super annoying in a not good way, but them bickering, like JR and Tony and all of them bickering on commentary is hilarious. I, I do like that. And, um, nothing to say about that. At one point he's like, who does, you know, well, well, Tony Khan is confused. Who does he think he is? And Jr. is like, you work for him. Yeah. It's pretty funny. But in this match, there are some insane near falls. I seriously thought Seidel won like four times. I think at one point he actually did win. Like, Kenny was up on his shoulders. Um... Yeah, I don't know. There, I actually thought he was going to win a couple times. Because also, like, because this wasn't actually for the belt, it was just for a chance at the belt, I thought, like, shit, they're going to let him win this. I thought that too, but then I'm also thinking, they're not going to let the world champion get pinned. In well, I thought it would pinfall. be, like, a, a, a fuckery end. Mm. But with all those near falls, I mean, they actually had me going a little bit. And, uh, yeah, but Kenny does the one-wing angel, he gets the win, and, yeah, it was a really great match, and I would like to see them. I think that's the best Seidel has looked in AEW. Oh, definitely. They really work well together. I wouldn't mind seeing them wrestle a few more times. And, uh, something else interesting. They they were, uh, talking about Tanahashi a couple times, mentioning some Tanahashi. Well, Tanahashi talk, what's that about? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I'm ready for it. Get Start getting the big New Japan players in. Oh my god, I would love that. Less impact. Yeah. Yeah. So, next we have a little segment backstage. Marvez is with the Dark Order. Seeing how hyped up Johnny Hungy is for his match tonight against Darby for the belt. And uh, they're doing coffin drop practice backstage. Well, it's like a little trust exercise they have going on. But they... It's like the opposite, because they get out of the way of the falling person. Yes. 
And yeah, Hangman's there hanging out with them, gives Johnny a little pep talk. He's all smiles, both Hangman and Johnny Hungy. And since we're talking about the Dark Order, I just want to say something real quick. Negative one. Negative one, you see him a lot more in Elevation and Dark. He always comes out and like brings people out to the ring. And I just want to say I love it. I know some people have a problem with it. But I love seeing negative one out there. Like... I just assumed he was, you know, asleep because he's a child. But I don't know. Like, do they maybe... I don't know their production schedule. Do they tape, like, all the darks first and then the dynamite? Or... Because why wouldn't you use him on dynamite? Just because of internet trolls? Probably. Well, that's fucking stupid. Well, I feel like they don't want to take the focus off all the matches. Because, I mean, like... Negative one does draw some attention away from the match to him, which I think is fine. I don't know, like, I could see how people would be like, um, you know, it doesn't make the Dark Order look good because they got, like, a little kid out there with him, but I feel like there's something actually seriously menacing about negative one that actually makes them weirdly scarier. I don't know, I like the use of negative one. I feel like he belongs there because he's Brody Lee's kid. I mean, you've got that storyline... I mean, don't reference it very often, but I feel like he would fit. He fits in the dark order for that reason. Yeah, no shit. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> God damn. All right. Moving on. We get this weird Lance Archer promo. He's no, the- you skipped the whole... Oh, my God. You skipped the whole thing. Well, I skipped. We have a Hangman match versus Cesar Bononi. And, I mean, it's pretty much a bunch of nothing. Hangman hits his finisher and gets the win, and then... As he's leaving, he's chugging some beers, which I don't know if it's, if that's supposed to make him look cool. I mean, I love Hangman, but, like, him just, like, chugging beers after a, a random squash match, just, like... It was not... It didn't look cool. It was not Stone Cold Steve Austin-esque. And I thought we were going to get some kind of storyline here, because on BTE, they kind of teased, like, Matt missing Hangman. So I thought, like, oh, maybe, like, the Young Bucks would be there or something. But no, it was literally just this, like, one-minute match. And then he drank some beers, and then he left. So I'm not quite sure why we needed this on Dynamite, other than just, like, reminding everyone that Hangman exists. I don't Maybe that's what they're doing, and maybe they'll do the stuff with Matt later on. Maybe. Well... No, no, go ahead about the Lance Archer thing. Yeah, Lance Archer has just been giving these increasingly odd promos that don't entirely work. Um, I disagree. You disagree? I I think they're weird, but I think they work. They're okay, and they've gotten better. Um, I, I just feel like he comes out, he rambles about time. Okay, so he has a little message for Sting. He tells Sting that he's one of the greatest ever, that Lance Archer wouldn't even exist if it weren't for Sting and all this stuff. But he says now he wants attention. <laughs> and he wants the time. And I was like, Daddy, give me attention, Daddy. <laughs> God. I, I, I get it, and, and I like Lance Archer. I just feel like now that we've established what it is, you know, differ the promo up a little bit. Yeah, let's, let's move on it. Also, let's move on it because I want Sting to kind of move away from Darby. And I guess we'll get to that later. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind to see some seeing some distance between them. Because, uh, I don't know, I just think everybody needs to move on a little bit. Yeah, I mean, keep it keep it rolling. That angle kind of 
that that angle kind of played itself out, you know, from a promo standpoint before the street fight even happened. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like the same thing was happening every single week. Because it was. It was. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I like Darby, and I like Sting, and I like seeing him, but, like, okay. Let's see. Let's... What do we got next? What's, right. What's coming? So... After that, we get a little recap of last week's Lights Out match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. God damn, what a match. And even before Britt Baker starts talking about how the whole thing is about her, I was, I've was i been thinking since we did this podcast last week that I feel like we talked about Britt Baker a lot more than Thunder Rosa in this match. Right. And when I think about it, I feel like really the match for me was more about Thunder Rosa, but... I talked more about Britt because I feel like AEW has been building her up to be the face of the division since the beginning. Right. And also, I didn't expect this from Britt. So I feel like more people were talking about Britt Baker than Thunder Rosa, which is slightly sad. That's because you know Thunder Rosa can go. She can do things. She's great in the ring. Britt is, like, most improved. Yeah. And I feel like that's why people were talking about her more. Um, and plus, I don't know what's going on with Thunder Rosa and NWA. So it's like Britt seems more like the future. Right. She's not going anywhere. She's more of the future of AEW's women's division than Thunder Rosa. I mean, right now, I just don't know what Thunder Rosa's doing. But, yeah, so Britt needs to come out and tell Shivani and everyone about how she's a hardcore legend. She did uh, in one night. What took Mick Foley his whole career to do. I appreciate the Mick Foley burns. It's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> Goddamn company man. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's pretty much what she does. She just comes out and says, you know, it was all about her. She's a legend. I mean, that pretty much sums it up, right? It was yeah. good, though. It was good. It was good. It was a hard, She did a good job with the hard sell because, I mean, she lost the match. Oh, my God, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, how do you come out... But that kind of a promo, and make it work after you lost the match. Yeah, I know. Saying you're the hardcore legend and you lost. Right. Yeah. But she made it work. She really did. She fucking did it. Then we have backstage segment where Christian is uh, giving the Varsity Blondes and Dante from Top Flight some uh, some career advice. And then walks Frankie Kazarian. Who apparently has a bone to pick with Christian. I mean, they it, it makes sense as a I guess an opening storyline for Christian, but it's hard for me to care. Oh, I totally disagree. Okay, how I so? I totally disagree. Well, first of all, Kazarian's kind of pissed because they go back and like here comes Christian with this outwork everyone motto, which is like Kazarian's thing, and he's like, I've been here doing that since the beginning, and here you come. But it's kind of like this weird, like, passive-aggressive, we're friends, but you're pissing me off kind of vibe. Mm. But I just have to say, on Dark, there's, I mean, they haven't really been talking about it on Dynamite as much, but Kazarian and Christopher Daniels have this whole, like, if we lose another tag tag team match, we break up. And it's, like, a really good storyline, and they're having really great promos on Dark. They're, like, killing it. I'm, I love Christopher Daniels and Kazarian so a lot. why aren't they putting that on the show? I don't fucking know, because it's good. There's stuff they could have cut from this Dynamite 
for for a good story. Well, honestly, like, they could have cut the hangman thing and had their. Well, I guess it wouldn't make much sense because this is just a Kazarian Christian match. It's not a tag team match, and the whole thing's a tag team thing on Dark. But I don't know. I love Christopher Daniels. And I love Kazarian. I feel like they were like the real, like some of the backbones of AEW. Right. Like they don't always get like the spotlight, but it's. I feel like it's really important that they're there. Yeah. But I don't know. So they're gonna have a match next week, Christian and Kazarian. Yep. And uh. I mean, I'm excited. I'm actually also excited to see what Christian can do. That's a point Kazarian makes, too. He's like, it's been seven years. Can he still go? Yeah. I mean, we saw him in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, but that's the Royal Rumble. I mean, That's not a match. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's happening. Then we get the in-ring debut of the Pinnacle. The fucking Pinnacle. It's going to be FTR and Sean Spears versus Dante and the Varsity Blondes. And, of course, coming out to ringside, the rest of the Pinnacle. Mm, yes. I wonder if they're going to get involved or just stand at ringside like a couple of good boys. Well, it really didn't matter because the whole match happened during commercial. When we come back from commercial... Sean Spears hits Dante with a Death Valley driver and pins him for the win. Like, it literally was all in picture-in-picture, the whole match. Um, so then after that, Ward... I thought this is funny. Wardlow is assaulting Pillman while Garrison is, like, like outside the ring just kind of watching. Yeah, he makes no attempt to, like, kind (laughs) of get in there and... And stop his friend from getting his ass beat. I thought that was pretty funny. Like, fuck this, I'm too smart for this. And then, okay, so then we get to them talking, and here's what I get from them talking. Apparently, FTR, those two, are fucking stupid. That's what I'm getting from this. Because, I don't remember which one's which. I think it's Cash. He says they're a family, and he will die for them. And it was, it's like, did you not just see what MJF pulled with his last group, you've been together a week, and you're like, I'll die for them. I'll die for these men. <laughs> You'll it's die like, for MJF? Like, do you watch the show? My family. I hate that shit. I hate that. that family shit? My family shit. Like, they love that in AEW. Yeah, it gets a little old, man. Yeah, but it's just like, are they stupid? Like, why would you just see what MJF did, and then a week later be like, I love him, he's family, and I'll die for him. They're still operating off of, you know, the, the old WWE rules where you don't watch the program. I, apparently. I, I still don't understand why they're working with him. That hasn't been explained, and now they're family. Okay. Sure. It's because guys just need something to do. And then the other one, Dax, is, like, making fun of all, like, the segments that the inner circle used to do that were, like, fucking hokey and saying they're real professional wrestling. And again, I'm like, do you watch the show? Because MJF was also in those bits. He was in every one of them. He was also in He was in the most egregious ones. So, so... He was in the Vegas one. The Vegas one was the worst of the bunch. Oh, and the singing. Jesus. But, yeah, Dax is out here saying, like, oh, we're real professional wrestling. 
that asshole standing next to you was the fucking main perpetrator. <laughs> that asshole standing next to you helped recreate a goddamn atrocious fucking hangover parody. Ten, how many years? How many years too late? Yeah. Uh, that would have been lame if Saturday Night Live ran it the weekend that movie came out. Yeah, so, again, I just don't understand FTR. What I get from this is Dax and Cash are don't watch the show if and they're, they're morons. If they're too busy to watch the show, <laughs> get Tully's ass to sit down with a heated blanket because he's old and watch the show and report back to him if there's any uh, trickery afoot because this... Yeah, and then MGF gets the mic. He does some more of his mean girl jokes about Jericho. I like those jokes. I only, I mean, they're they're cheap. They're cheap heat. But I like them just because I know that somewhere deep down inside, even if he approves them, I know it's really chapping Jericho's ass. <laughs> and I, I think Jericho's a man who needs to get his ass chapped a little more. <laughs> um, I'm not going to disagree with that. And then they give... Oh God. one liner. The t-shirt line. The t-shirt line. Here it is, everyone. When you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. That just reminds <laughs> me of like, like we, we were, we were discussing when we were hanging out with your brothers over the weekend, we were discussing like movie trailer lines, like the one from Death Wish in the 70s. With just Charles Bronson. Terrible lines. Like at the end of that trailer is when... When you make a death wish, it always comes true. That's exactly what this line reminds me of. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, like, old-timey, like, marketing from, like, the 50s or something. Mm. Like, Pinnacle is, like, some kind of, the like, brand fucking... Of cigarette. Yeah, cigarette or hair tonic. And, like, oh, when in Pinnacle, you're always on top. Who... What the fuck? And have you seen this Pinnacle shirt? The fucking logo, man. Like it's, That shirt is so fucking bland. It's like a Creator Team logo from like Madden or something. Like it, it's, it's god awful. Oh my god, yeah, that's a, yeah. Did I the intern that. make that? I can see that. It's, it's bad, guys. So I don't know. I don't think I have to even say, but I'm going to say, I'm not into this. I hate this. I'm skeptical. I hate this so much. Oh, I hate it so much. This cannot be like, okay, fine. You had to establish last week and now they're coming. Like this cannot go on for weeks at a time. This storyline needs to move. I cannot have this same promo happening week in and week out. Like move it along. Oh God, maybe people are into this. Well. Sometimes I have to stop myself and be like, hold on a second. No, people are fucking idiots. And maybe people like this. Well, that's on them. They need to have a discussion with themselves about that. Ugh. This is not very good. It's just bland. It doesn't make sense. So then we get a, uh, a nice little Taz, Team Taz segment backstage. Uh, mm. The whole group's there. Brian Cage is standing off to the side looking a little uh, a little shifty. like A little pissed. What the hell am I doing here? He's pissed. Taz is there to reassure people that the conspiracy theories are not true and that everything's good with Team Taz. Brian Cage apologized. In fact, he apologized to each one of them individually and everything's fine. And the whole time, Cage's body language indicates nothing could be further from the truth. 
I feel like I need to paint a little picture about what happened on Dark. Um, on Dark, he actually defended the FTW belt, which I was excited about, but it was against Brandon Cutler. And here's the scary part. That sucks the, the, the <laughs> fucking excitement out of the room. Brandon Cutler beat his ass. So, through the whole match, Brandon Cutler is getting in all the offense, and you have Ricky Starks and Taz on commentary just burying him. Burying Cage. And then, like, Cage hits one move and gets the pin and wins and defends the belt. But Brandon Cutler beat his ass for nine-tenths of the match. And, uh... I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> but that happened. I, I just thought I'd let everyone know if you didn't watch Dark. That happened. So I get that people's position moves up and down the card naturally over time. But this is a guy who was one of the first serious contenders to Moxley's belt when he was world champion. Mm. And now he's getting his ass kicked on the YouTube show by Brandon Cutler. Yeah, and I realize this is just like to further the story of Cage leaving Team Taz or whatever. But it couldn't have been someone other than Brandon Cutler. <laughs> or I don't even understand why he... Cage just didn't get more offense in. Like, it was just seriously one-sided. <laughs> but, uh, yep, that happened. Oh, my God. Like, I'm not really usually a fan of them putting nobodies on there, but they couldn't have gotten some muscle-bound nobody in there to... A nobody? Damn, dude. Yeah, just... That's a mean word to use. Well, I mean, not a name. You know, a, a jobber. They couldn't have gotten some... Jesus, dude. I... Brandon Cutler. Oh, all right. Okay. Moving on. Um, here, here we go now to uh, another craptastic angle involving uh, everyone's favorite narcissist. Uh, QT Marshall comes out. Is he the narcissist? Or oh Cody? no, no, Cody's, no. Cody's the narcissist. Of course it is. So yeah, we have QT come out and he's talking to Shivani. And first of all, I just want to say, QT points out his wife in the crowd. And uh. What the hell happened with the alley thing? Like, are we supposed to just forget that he had a whole alley angle, like, just a couple months ago? Well, and now he's like, look at my beautiful wife up there in the crowd. Maybe it's an FTR situation where she doesn't watch the show. Oh, okay. She doesn't watch the show. She doesn't know he was having an affair with Allie. <laughs> and again, I want to know, you know, in, in the canon, did they ever do it? Ew. Who says do it? Did they have an affair? Yeah, like, or was it just her stringing him along for his money? Either way, QT is not a good guy. No. Either way, his wife should be pissed. I mean, absolutely, but I mean, give, give me, give me the, uh, you know, these are these are important world building details here. Anyway, you have a real obsession with the QT alley angle. Well, I mean, it was just such a dumb idea when they did it. Yeah. But now you're supposed to forget it ever happened. Right. and Just forget that happened. What, am I watching WWE where that's what they expect from their audience? Yeah. All right, keep going. I'm sorry. So he points out, points out his wife because uh, he's talking about the benefits of being Cody's friend. But then there's also the downside because apparently he has to make sure Cody's coffee's hot and his shirt's cut right, which I didn't know. I didn't know he was his manservant, but I guess that's a thing. 
And also, that's funny because, okay, because Cody comes out. Hang on, real quick, before we get to Cody coming out. Yeah. I get what they're doing here, and that's fine. QT's delivery of this promo oh. was god fucking awful. I don't know if you noticed, but his hand was shaking. This was like acting class. Oh. This is like sub acting class bullshit. Oh. And I get it. Not every professional wrestler is going to be, you know, able to cut those promos like, you know, legends are. But come on. Like, this is going to be Cody's involved. So, of course, this is going to be a, a thing near the top of the card. And this is the delivery. It, it Come on. Oh, no. His hand was shaking. He was nervous. I felt bad for him. You're on TV. You know what the deal is. I know, but as oh. someone with anxiety, when I see someone all nervous and shaking, I'm like, oh, no. But you would never put yourself in the position of being on a weekly, nationally televised... No, that's why I don't even leave the house. Right. That's sad, too, though. <laughs> well, QT should not leave the house for a while. No, instead, that's fucked up. Instead, he should do some, I don't know, download some kind of master class acting class or, or something. Just just do yeah. something, because that was... I think it would help if he just chilled out a little bit. He's just so anxious. Coward just... Tony, book some benzos into... QT's Give bag. QT a clonopin and then send him out. And a kiss on the head. Yeah. A little smooch. So anyway, back on track. He, His point is he's sick of being known as Cody's friend and he's sick of being in shadow, so he wants an exhibition match with Cody. He should not have used that Cody's friend line because that <laughs> crowd, Cody's friend is now the new what? Oh, yeah, as soon as he said it and the people were chanting it, I was like, oh, that was a mistake. That's an easy thing to chant. So, Cody comes out. Cody is so fucking condescending. Like, okay, little buddy, you can have your exhibition match. Yeah, and what's so funny to me is he's talking to QT and saying, like, oh, you're, like, my best friend. When fucking QT just told me he has to make sure his coffee's hot and his, sh and his shirt is cut right, like... Is that what Cody considers a friend? Someone who fucking does his bidding? And I think we know the answer to that question. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they're going to have their exhibition match, and Arn's going to be the ref. And I don't know about you, it feels like a heel turn. Well, Cody already turned fucking heel. I mean, he he's, already, already, he's already a bad guy to me. Especially after what happens later tonight. I can just, like, fucking see right through it's, this fucking veneer. Like, it's so can you all see this? Like, I just feel like I've met so many, like, people in my life that are, like, they just have this, like, veneer They're over who on. they really are. And I can always fucking spot it. And I always wonder, why can't anyone else see this? Or does everyone see it but just ignore it? That's it, because he's an executive vice president. Yeah. God, no, now I feel so fucking mean for saying that. No, I don't Cody. know him, but I mean, like, I just watch him and just how he interacts and how he acts, and I can just see it. He is, he is the new, he is 2000, early 2000s Triple H for a new generation. That's what he is. He's an egotistical fucking... <laughs> Oh man, I feel like we need to we need to cool it. We need to cool it a little bit. Nimrod, who just doesn't, Nimrod. who just can't help himself. He just can't help booking himself. And 
the more I think about it, that whole stipulation at the beginning where, okay, guys, I can't challenge for the world title. That's some real monkey paw shit because now it's like I can't challenge for the world title, but I can make the world title mean less than whatever fucking project I'm working on. Yeah, I mean, he could try. He buries the world title for whatever garbage he's involved with. Yeah, I just... And boy, is he involved with some garbage now, which we'll get to. We'll get to that. But I just want to say, here's what I feel like. I'm not trying to play Booker, but I just feel like I I see a heel turn because it's like, he tells QT, you're my best friend. I'm not going to hurt you. We'll have Arn as the ref. And I don't know. Just uh, it feels like he was lolling QT into like this... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? False sense of security. Exactly. Yeah. I just got to say, only Cody Rhodes, with his shit-eating smile and his terrible tattoo, Goddamn, dude. could make a, make a sad midlife crisis loser who <gasps> cheated on his wife the face in this feud. <laughs> All right, you need to dial it back a little bit. Normally, I would never be, you know, cheering for QT Marshall. I mean, but here he comes. Narcissism personified. Are you done? Fine, I'm done. Let's move on. Jesus wept. Let's move on to something really cool. This was good. We have Lucha Brothers in the return of Laredo Kid versus Young Bucks. And Brandon Cutler, and I, I usually refer to these as clusterfuck matches, but I guess we're calling them trios now. And you said one of these things is not like the other. All right, you've, you're being too mean. Well, Brandon Cut. well, first of all, Pentagon comes out in this amazing fucking all-black samurai costume yeah. looking like death itself. Yeah, he looked cool as hell. They all looked cool. And out comes Brandon Cutler with a fucking dragon on his head. Oh, did he wear that out? He wore that out. Oh. That does not work, buddy. Oh, man. All right. You need to dial it in a little bit. I feel like you've spent your bile. Oh, I got it. No, you need to reel it in a little bit because it's it's too much. What? We haven't even gotten to the Brandy commercial. We'll save it for that. We'll save it for that then. All right. So, yeah, they all come out. The Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid look so fucking cool. Um, and I mean, of course, with the Young Bucks in Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid, it's a fucking clinic. Especially there's a part with Nick and Phoenix in the middle where they just put on a goddamn professional wrestling Lucha clinic. This was a fantastic match. It really was. Uh, Laredo Kid hits a Spanish fly on Brandon, gets the pin, and then who should come out but fucking Kenny Omega. He comes out, he attacks... Laredo Kid with a mic and a belt. And then we get to the real the real meat of the story here. The breakup. The breakup of Kenny and the Young Bucks. Kenny says to them, you know, he implies he could have stayed in New Japan. He could have gone to WWE. He chose to build something. So he didn't choose AEW. He chose the Young Bucks. Trying to make him feel real guilty. Pretty much implying I don't want to be here. <laughs> I'm only I'm only here in AEW because you guys made me. <laughs> Which I guess is nice. <laughs> um so he 
he puts up the two sweet. He tells them to do it. This is your last chance. You better fucking come do this two sweet. They don't do it. I just gotta say real quick. Hmm. In this segment, Kenny coming out with his hair unkempt and his just his red T-shirt that seemed like it was a little too big for him. Kenny looked like, and you know I love Kenny Omega. I question some of the creative choices they've done with him lately, but he kind of looked like he was about to be on Cops. Oh my god! Seriously, you need to cool it. But I'll take that over. You're just being mean for no reason. No, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm making I'm making observe observations. We'll make observations about the wrestling. I'm talking about all the wrestling, and you just want to burn people. That's why we work so well together. No. All right. So they don't do the too sweet. The Lucha Brothers attack. Fucking Dawn was in the ring with him. Dawn takes off. The Lucha, I mean, the Young Bucks don't come back to help him because he says we're fucking done. And, uh, yeah, the Chiz Brothers run out for the save. If anyone doesn't know who I'm talking about, that's the Good Brothers. I just to, feel the uh, need to call him that. I don't know if that's annoying or not. I, I love but I like it. to call him the Chiz Brothers. Have, have you heard Jim Cornette? I don't want. I don't want to emulate that. I don't want to be like that. But it's just so funny. The quote Seinfeld: "You people have a nickname for everyone." Mm. That's my one Seinfeld quote of the night. Okay. Is that going to be a new feature, like studs and duds? No. Okay. So during that match, and I'm going to throw it over to you. Okay. During that match, we get a commercial. Mm. Take it away. I didn't write anything about it. I don't care. You don't care? It has nothing to do with anything. There's a commercial with Brandy. I don't even know what the commercial's for, but it was about pay equality. It's like, okay, Brandy Rhodes, what can't she do? Why? She's gonna she's gonna do it all, baby. She's gonna grift you out of your fifty bucks for her for her Power Ranger fan club. And she's going to solve pay inequality. And here's my point. Whatever. I'm not going to harp too much on that. Okay. But here's what I'd like to know. So I take this to mean that the women in AEW are making the same amount of money as the men on the, their different spots on the card, right? I, I mean, would be interested to know. I mean, I'm sure there's no hypocrisy going on here. What are the What are the women being paid compared to the men in AEW? Yeah. I mean, if they're out there putting their bodies on the line, the same as the men. Now, I understand if, like, you're the champ in the face of the company, you get paid more. Yeah, but is Sheeta making the same money as Kenny Omega? It, you know, I, mean, I would be very curious to know. If you're going to put it out there and be like, I care about pay equality. If you're going to make a whole spot about it while you're not even on TV... Yeah, because it was like pay equality day or something. Like I thought, it, I honestly thought it was just like a commercial for like some. I, I, don't, I don't even know. know what it was for. I was yeah, but but then, oh, it's okay. So, so maybe open the books. Maybe they're paid the same. Prove me wrong though, because I would be shocked. I mean, maybe they're being paid the same, and we're just talking out our ass. It's possible. It's very possible. I've done it a time or two. <laughs> maybe once or twice. But if you're going to fucking put that out there, you better be backing it up. For real. I'm not even kidding. Oh, I'm not even kidding if I find out. <laughs> if I find out you're out there fucking preaching and you're not doing it. Because we know women don't uh, make 
we know women don't make nearly the same amount of money in professional wrestling as the men. We know that. Yeah. So, it, it, but you don't see them running ads. I mean, WWE does a whole lot of stupid fucking horrible shit. Well, I don't know if we need to bring them up because they're fucking hypocritical a lot. Yeah, they're comfortable with that. So, is, is that where we're going with this? I mean... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like on this to be continued. Is nobody making this point? Like, I don't know. I haven't listened to anything about the show yet because we haven't done our podcast yet. But I hope other wrestling podcasts and wrestling journalists are making this point because it's important. If you're going to position yourself as... Actually, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I totally forgot about this. Yeah, like, I mean, if you're going to position yourself as the champion of women's equality, Brandy Rhodes then you know what? You need to make sure your own goddamn house is in order. And maybe, and maybe it, is. it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. To be continued. But I would be shocked. And that's all I have to say about that. I would like to do some research on that. Hear that? My time for my rant is up. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, after that, we have a package with Jade to remind you that Jade exists. Jade's here. Then next, we have a commercial. Mm. Which honestly ruined your night. This commercial. This is making. This commercial made you hate the entire show. And I had to remind you the good stuff was on this show. But all you could think about was this goddamn commercial. Go ahead. Wow. You know, I'm like, I'm like Mike Seidel right now. Like I'm having to wrestle back to back, back to back (laughs) rants. I'm winded. I mean, let's just call this a continuation of the first rant because it's about the same people. Okay. Fucking Cody and Brandy are getting their own reality show. TV show. Let's be honest; it's a they want to be like Miz. It's Miz and Mrs. Starring the Roads. Like, I mean, that's that's what this is. Oh my god! So and, yeah, they have a fucking show because apparently people fucking care about their home life or what they portray as their home life. And I I love how okay we just had <sighs> we just had the world champion out we had a great match we had a whole angle about oh my god the you know the 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 top people in the company are having a breakup you know you've got you've got the the intrigue from the good brothers from the other company kind of sliding in and taking up the spot we got a lot going on there as it relates to like the main event mm-hmm. and then we go to this shit um and and i like how i don't know if it was jr or excalibur or who did it I remember when they're introducing this, they're like, and now we've got a little video from uh, Cody showing how uh, the Rhodes Empire is just beginning. Jesus Christ. The Rhodes Empire. Just Uh. fucking gouge my eyes out so I don't have to watch this horse shit anymore. Yeah. When Uh. I talk about overexposure, this is what I'm talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's too early for this. Build the fan base, then go for that. Oh my god, that's so true too. Like I I'm so confused as to who Cody and Brandy think they are. I I feel like there's some delusions of grandeur going on, because apparently they think they're so fucking popular and interesting. People, fuck, I don't know. Maybe people do want to sit down and watch this. Well, then those people are fucking morons, <laughs> and they don't deserve this quality of wrestling on their television every week because Uh, who gives a shit? Cody is not even the 10th most interesting person on this television show week in and week out. 
Yeah, but he did that show with Snoop Dogg. Fuck Snoop Dogg <laughs> and fuck Cody Rhodes and... Oh, my God. Wait, don't bring Snoop Dogg into this. He's, just yeah. li- he's living his best well, life. Well, it's by association. Snoop Dogg got some of that fucking Cody stink on him. Oh, I, I don't know. I can't, man. Do you have any actually points to make or do you just want to yell? Because I feel like we need to just move on. I, I just... I, I'm telling you this, and I told you this when we were watching it. I honestly feel like sometimes... Cody and Brandy are just working, daring me to like this show anymore. They, yeah. All, all the saturation of them is making me dislike the product a little more. Now, I'm still going to watch it. There's still great stuff on it. It's still way better than the alternative. But, man, they're, they're trying me. Here's what I don't understand. It's very confusing to me. Cody always talks about how he's the face of the revolution, like he's doing something new, but I feel like he just fucking copies the WWE playbook. He absolutely has done that. I feel like he's the face of his own personal revolution. I feel like he's just out for fucking to avenge his shitty WWE run. He's he's 2000s Triple H, except instead of sleeping with, you know, the boss's daughter, he made good friends and got buddy-buddy with a billionaire. And that's what this is. It's a power trip. It doesn't matter how good it is or isn't. It's just, ooh, what that comes second to how can we make Cody look good? And it's it's getting out of hand. And I'm done. Okay. Hit the hit the bell. That's the end of that rant. Moving the hell on to, to be, something good. To be continued, because I'm sure we're gonna be seeing bumpers for that fucking thing week in and week out. Oh my god, I know, I know. Alright. Okay, so next we have something good. We have Eddie and Mox. I don't know where they are. They're in a... They're hanging out backstage or something. They're somewhere. Eddie has, like, a broken ankle or something. He's injured. His leg's up. Uh, He does a great promo telling Kenny and the Good Brothers that this isn't New Japan. This isn't selling shitty t-shirts. Great lines. There's going to be war in the streets of Jacksonville. Mm. Yes. And then uh, Mox cuts in. And talks about how they owe the Young Bucks for the save last week and how he hates Owen people. And he hates all this, quote, melodrama with the Bullet Club. There really is some serious melodrama with the Bullet Club. And, uh, yeah, but he tells, here's something interesting. He tells the Young Bucks that they better be willing to get their hands dirty. So are we getting some, like, Eddie and Mox and Young Bucks team up? Maybe. Because that would make the Young Bucks super fucking cool. I'm ready for the Young Bucks to be cool. There are worse ideas, like, you know, a a Cody Rhodes reality show. Oh my god, you're not allowed to bring it up one more time. That's it. That was it. Hit the bell. Last bell. Okay, done. Don't even talk about him the rest of the show. Alright, until we get to studs and duds. (laughs) Okay. Alright, so, yeah. So they do a great fucking promo, because... Of course they do. And I'm excited to see what, what's going on with the Young Bucks and them. I needed that. I needed that promo. It was refreshing. Mm, a little palate cleanser. It, 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 it really was. It, it really pepped me up a little bit for the rest of the show, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they're not building, you know, that, you know, upper card around, you know, these guys week in, week out. I know that I know you know Mox is staying away from the championship scene for a little bit, but you know keep these guys near the top of the card because they're some of the best you got. Yeah, 
And we go to the next match. All right. We have Nyla versus Ty Conti, who mm-hmm. apparently is the number one contender. All right. And when she comes out, Dark Order escorts her out. Oh. So when is she going to officially, officially become a member of the Dark Order? I just figured she was in. She's just, it just happened? Yeah, I just figured. There's no, I feel like I need like a induction ceremony their of fa- some kind. <laughs> their faces now. There are no rules. I gotta say, like, fucking Dark Order is my favorite. They're the best faction. They're the oh, best definitely faction the best the, faction. The, yeah. For sure. So, we have a match where it's, like, Nyla's power versus Ty Conti's speed and technique, and she brought in some, like, judo stuff in. It was a really good match. But I can't help but feel like Nyla is maybe her, or either that, or she's just selling really well. Because I feel like she didn't seem very steady. Did you notice that at all? I did. I did. She seemed a little slow and off balance. I don't know if something happened there. But Ty Conti hits the DD tie for the win. That was a fucking crazy DDT. Yeah. That was that looked brutal. That's I'm a really, great finisher. I'm really excited about Ty Conti. I She's great. She's fucking great. I'm excited for what she's gonna do. And then after the match, Vicky and Nyla attack, and Sheeta comes out with a kendo stick for the save. Then Bunny runs out, and Matt Hardy and Butcher and the Blade came out also. Just standing around. Yeah, Matt says that the Women's Eliminator Tournament was a sham because Bunny wasn't in it. And then they all just stood there for an awkwardly long time. The match was the match was very enjoyable. This post match shit was a clusterfuck. It was terrible. Still, and I watched Elevation, I watched Dark, I watched BTE. God bless you. I watched the side pieces. Still no explanation to me why the Butcher and the Blade are working with Matt Hardy. I still don't get it. Why? I I don't know. And and I get that they were trying to set up like multiple angles with the clusterfuck beatdown, but this was just sloppy. I feel like they do that so much with the women. Like, there's always, like, people running out. Remember there used to be, like, backstage fights where it's, like, three people who aren't attached in any way attacking three other people who aren't attached in any way? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just random. Like, I can't wait to see fucking the the inevitable six-man or the whatever the fuck. Like, uh I don't know. I'm complaining a lot, and I apologize. You are. You need to dial it back. But, um... Dial it back a little bit. So, yeah, at the end, they just all kind of stood there staring at each other, and, uh... A little weird. A little weird. But, uh, it's fine. The match was good. The match was good. That's the important part. So then we get a promo for the, uh, hopefully... The real blow-off match this time. For the love of God. Next week, it's gonna be Arcade Anarchy. Yeah, we got Miro and Kit versus Orange and Chucky T in an arcade anarchy match. They're going to put their heads through some video games, folks. And, I mean, it's definitely going to lead to Miro and Kit fighting. Like, that's definitely going to happen. Give that to me. Something new. They got to get, if they want Miro to be at the top, they need to get him out of this and start building him. I I don't know. And and Orange Cassidy deserves better. Oh my god. 
And I love Chucky T too, and I can't wait for Trent to come back. But Orange Cassidy was like, he beat Jericho. He was like at the top. But he's been stuck in this. And I don't understand, because I understand like if your tag team partner gets hurt, you kind of get lost a little bit. So I understand for Chucky, but for Orange, like most of the time he's solo. Yeah. So why is he being down into this weird I don't know pulled down into the wet <laughs> he's down in the wet and it's not good and I seriously feel like this whole thing has been happening for like a year <laughs> this if has been going has, on a long time if it hasn't been it definitely feels like it so yeah we're having an arcade anarchy match maybe it'll hopefully it's us. fun hopefully it's fun like the fucking the parking lot match with Santana and Ortiz and not at all like the wedding oh that fucking wedding. That was fucking weird. So then, moving on from uh, from that. We do have a, uh, a Scorpio segment. Scorpio Sky. I don't remember anything he said. The same vibe as last week. I wrote down one word. Blah. <laughs> like, and, and I know I'm the mean guy or whatever. You are seriously so mean today. But this was so just, this was just such a nothing of a promo. They need to do something with him. If they're going to push him, and he can go in the ring, but if they're going to push him, they got to get him a character. They got to get him something interesting when he talks. Get him a manager. Take Don Callis away from Kenny Omega, because Kenny Omega can actually do a promo, and put Don with, you know, Scorpio for a while. Look at Coward Tony. Like, I just... Uh, I just... Uh, and you know what? He's got a match coming up on Elevation or Dark or something. I, I can't even tell you who it's against. I legitimately forget. Do you remember? No. I don't remember. He cut, like, a first day at, at wrestling school promo. Somebody like, help Scorpio Somebody Sky. help the man. What about the rest of SCU? Christopher Daniels is fucking amazing at this. Help him. Somebody help him. Please. The end. The end. The end of that rant. We don't need the ding, though. And then, uh... So... No ding. <laughs> Alright. No ding. Okay. Uh, next, we have the main event for the TNT Championship. John Silver. Johnny Hungy, the meat man. Yes, versus Darby Allen. And, uh... We have the Hardy family out there near ringside. We have the Dark Order at ringside. And I said, oh, this is definitely, definitely not going to end in a brawl. Mm-mm. For sure. <laughs> that, that's not a telegraphed brawl in any way. <laughs> that never happens on wrestling. They never end the show that way. It's definitely not going to happen. So they start the match. This one I did a little... I did write a little bit more for so I'm just going to... You, you jump in as I'm going? It was very slow at the start with a lot of mat wrestling. Yeah, Darby Allen was keeping Silver down on the mat, which was interesting. But the meat man, out of nowhere, just fucking cannonballs. Through the ropes. Darby flies through the ropes. He, like, lands on his head outside. Where the hell did that come from? I don't know. I think they said his... He had like a power burst or something like that. Something happened. Meat Man powered up. And I gotta say, Meat Man had a lot of big hits through this match. 
Just a he lot was of power hits. Fucking killing it. He was killing it. And at one point, I believe it was a brain buster, I'm not sure. There was a near fall and on uh Darby Allen. I was like, shit, is John Silver gonna win this? And like, you know, John Silver, he's like he's real goofy outside the ring and always doing funny stuff. When he's in the ring, he was serious. He took this very seriously. He was this dead was, serious. This was not a comedy match by any means. No, he was like out there to kill Darby. And, um, so, oh, but Silver goes for an uppercut. I don't even know how. The momentum of the uppercut takes him over the barricade and he lands awkwardly and Alex Reynolds runs over to check on him. And we know now that he hurt his shoulder. He dislocated it, apparently. I don't know if this is exactly where it happened, but like the way Reynolds ran to check on him. I was like, oh, shit. So, Meat Man's hurt. It's almost like people aren't meant to do this to their bodies. <laughs> yeah. And then when they're still outside the ring, uh, Darby's inside the ring waiting for Silver to get up. And he's, be like, the count-out's happening. So, Silver gets up and is going to the ring. Uh, Darby goes for a tope. Five pushes Silver out of the way and takes the tope. And this is a signal for Sting for his daddy Sting to come out with the bat. With the bat, so he's like, "God, I didn't even do nothing." So, Darby's dad. Seriously, like Dark Order. Okay, so I guess they he pushed Don Silver out of the way, and I guess that's that's it is interference. But I thought it would take more before Sting would come out. Yeah. Did this not just feel like, oh, somebody's bullying my boy on the playground and it I gotta really stand did. watch? Sting is now a helicopter parent. Is he not? I mean, for real. Isn't it kind of embarrassing? It, it is, and it's part of the reason maybe Sting needs to move on to a new feud with Archer because... He needs to because... I don't want to think of Sting as d someone's fucking dad. Like... It feels... Honestly, feels that way. So because Five pushed Silver out of the way... Sting stands threateningly at the top on the stage with his bat watching the Dark Order when they really didn't even do anything. And I wouldn't mind, but the Hardys, the whole Hardy group, is out at ringside too. Now, granted, they're behind the barricade for now, but it's like, Sting, you watch the show. I have to assume Sting watches the show. Yeah. So, he should know which group is more likely to get directly involved. Yeah. I don't know. That, that was just odd. It was odd to me. It didn't ruin the match, the but it was The Sting thing was weird. Yeah. It was real weird. Because I remember just watching it and being like, what did they do? They didn't, I mean, there was technically interference, but they didn't fucking do anything. And someone's no. fucking mean dad's out there keeping an eye on him. Yeah, I, I took all that Sting stuff to mean that he's going to be watching. And if somebody comes out and starts beating on his boy yeah. or trying to cause some fuckery... Then Sting's going to come out with the bat and all hell's going to, you know, cut loose. Not, oop, somebody, uh, you know, dove in front of one move and yeah. here he is. Especially when he's on a tope, so he's gonna, he's like hurting himself anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it definitely was interference, but like, come on. I questioned the, the logic of the booking a little bit there. Yeah, so. For Did the that sound snooty enough? Mm, yeah. Cool. I guess. Cool. So then Silver has to kick. That's like his offense for pretty much the rest of the match because he hurt his shoulder. And he puts in a Queen Slayer on Darby, which is oh. Anna Jay's move. 
I love it. I thought he was actually going to get the win with that. That would have been fantastic. And then at one point they start slapping each other across the face like full on slaps. Slap it, slap, slap. Which is just entertaining. I don't know why people don't slap. This match slaps. This match literally slaps. I don't know why there isn't more face slapping in wrestling because it's hilarious. And then so at this point John Silver's down and Darby climbs the turnbuckle to do a coffin drop. But he does it on the group of Dark Order outside, which again is like... Stupid. Your kid, Sting, your kid started the fight. <laughs> it's fucking with kids who aren't even on the playground. Dark Order's not even doing anything. And he coffin drops them instead of trying to get the win to retain his belt. Like, if... I mean, did I miss something? Was Dark Order about to no, pull something? They weren't. They, they, they were just, just all bunched up. They were What's his deal? And the booking, the proper booking, if you're going to do shit like that, is you have that somehow cost Darby the the, the title, or you no, have Don't it, be a booker. Or you have it where, you know, they run out of the TV time, or, you know, something. Ooh, I would have loved it if they ran out of TV time. Then you could do a rematch down the line. But isn't this totally like, I feel like Dark Order didn't do shit the whole time, so it was like Sting standing there, it's like, why are you trying to protect your boy? Your boy's the bully. Like, what the hell is this? But he's my boy. <laughs> So, yeah. Wait, what do I have? Oh, so, sorry for that dead air. So, Silver does go for a pin, but he actually pins him with such momentum, he puts Darby's legs on the ropes. And so that gets broken up. And then he goes for a power bomb, but it gets countered into a code red. Darby gets the win, pins Silver. Sting pulls fucking Silver up to be like, good job, boy. And then Darby gives him a not, fist bump. You're not better than my son, but you did okay, but you're not better than my son. Yeah, and then Matt Hardy comes in and attacks Darby, and then there's like a massive brawl. Like, everyone was in the brawl. And it's like... It was just a big brawl, because, I mean... It's w who could have seen that coming? It's WCW Nitro going off the air. We're out of time. We'll see you on Thunder. No. No, nothing like that. Aye. But, yeah, that was a show. Like, who else was in that brawl? I feel like a, more people came out, too. I think uh, Bunny got involved. So yeah. Then Ty Conti got involved. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, it was just, again, you're oh, just... Oh, are they setting up, like, a Dark Order, Hardy family? Feud of some kind. Something. I mean, like, Matt Hardy's been mad at the Dark Order, but, like, I feel like maybe this is setting it up more... Yeah. More solidly. I don't know. That happened. I told you what I saw with my eyes. And uh, that was the VOD. <laughs> the end. So, studs and duds. Let's start with the studs. Who are you thinking? My stud, even though he lost, is John Silver. Because he fucking killed it. I just saw it. He was a little powerhouse. And I thought he was going to win. He really did step out of that comedy role that he, he has. And he I love that it. he can do both. Get you a nugget that can do both. Get you a nugget that can do both. He fucking can. So my stud of the night is John Silver, John even though he Silver, lost. Now, if John Silver was a chicken nugget, which one would he be? What do you mean? There's different kinds? No, but I mean, like, you know, which, which restaurant's chicken nuggets? Because mm. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like should should we go based on the ones that are the best? 
Should we go based on the ones that are like the hardest because he's a little hard nugget? He is a hard little nugget. Like, you know, that's not like an all white meat nugget. You know, that's a nugget where you get those little pieces of cartilage and because he's because he's <laughs> tough. But that means that's a real, that's a natural nugget. He's a natural dirty nugget. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. What do you mean dirty? Just a, just a, just a. See, this is, oh my God. Can you imagine if you had a podcast by yourself? It would just be the most incoherent ramblings. And people would love it. No, they wouldn't. They would hate it. So that's my stud of the night. Who's your stud of the night? Oh, I'm 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 concurring. Oh, so John Silver stud of the night, dud of the night. Here's my problem. What? I promised that I would not name Cody Rhodes dud of the night anymore. He is ineligible. So instead, my dud of the night is whatever dipshit TNT executive asshole thought what we need is another hour of this narcissist every single week. Oh, that's funny, too, because everyone thought there was going to be another fucking AEW show. Yeah. Oh, God, that second show, guys. Get excited for that second show. It's fucking nothing. They put the, the new show on YouTube, but Cody's got his fucking Total Diva show. <laughs> God, that is what it is. It's fucking total divas. Which which fits those two because who's more who's more of a diva than that couple? Yeah. So I that's can't, I can't think of who my dud is. Who's my dud? You could go with my guy. You know, actually, the mystery TNT executive. This is sadly my dud. My dud is Sting because yeah, I don't know what this weird like protective dad thing is, but it we need to move on. It really hit its, its limit. It's not helping him, and it's not making Darby look good either. Yeah, I agree. They're both awesome. I don't know why they're stuck in this still. So let's move on from that. And, uh, Let's yeah. move on from this show, because it's gone over an hour. Oh, fuck. Okay. People that's... got lives to live, baby. I guess so. All right, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Comment and fucking follow or whatever the hell. Send us death threats. That's how we'll know we really made it. Yeah. If you send us comments, we'll read them on air. All right. You're going to you're gonna commit to that? Well, within reason. <laughs> All right. Okay. Keep light, bitch. Okay, so that was Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm Melissa. And I'm George. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.